Welcome to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. In this podcast, there'll be insights around three key areas to mastering the game of life. Purpose, prosperity, philanthropy. Your host, Paul Lowe, the third sector mentor, is the founder of Hearts Global CIC, which along with many other of his charitable commitments, has been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from disadvantaged communities. Author of Mastering the Game of Life, From Pain to Purpose, and Speaking from Our Hearts books. Introducing your host, Paul Lowe. Welcome listeners to this Mastering Life podcast, where it is my pleasure to uh, to welcome back Elaine Godley. Um, Elaine, you may recall from a previous episode, is the lady that um, deals with perfect health. And on today's episode, Elaine's going to be talking through how your behaviour affects your health. So Elaine, a very, very warm welcome to you. Thank you very much, Paul. Lovely to be on the show again. Our pleasure. So for the benefit of the listeners then, um, Elaine, how your behaviour affects your health. Okay, so just a bit of background then. Um, I have been in a variety of different um, work situations over the years, um, from starting my first business when I was 21. Um, I've also been uh, head of departments at some big corporates um, and done everything in between and been a, a troubleshooter in bus- as a business consultant. And all along everything I've done, I've noticed how behaviour affects the individuals in terms of their career progression, um, their success and efficiency and productivity, all that good stuff in corporate, but also how it affects their health. And, um, oh gosh, twenty over 20 years ago now, I was running a, a team of over 200 staff, and um, I was aware at that point that something wasn't right, something, you know, the, the dots weren't joining up. And the department I was running was um, in, a, in a huge, big multinational, which uh, the, the division of which specialised in hacking into big insurance companies, banks, and so on, and testing the security. Um, way before it was it was popular uh, thing to do. Um, so I had the most amazing technical heads, um, and I had the most amazing. Um, variety of different support functions all in in the department and they were all behaving in 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 different ways and they had there was a pattern to their the health um, of all, all these people so I, I so I got curious um when I left uh, in where are we 1998 I decided to get trained in behavioral profiling because I know that I could have done a much better job for these people and myself mm-hmm. had I understood more about behaviours and psychology. So I was a, an amateur psychologist, shall we say, and doing yeah. things intuitively. Yeah. But um, the, the the link with the behaviour was was when I first started. So I got trained in a, in a, a model called DISC, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, the DISC model and how it affects our behaviour. So that's DISC as in D-I-S-C? That's right. So if people were to to Google DISC or, or put in their behavioural profiling or DISC profiling, something like that, then they would find um, literally millions and millions of hits. It's one of the most popular tools used in behavioural profiling. Um, and there are many other tools. The reason I chose this one was because I could use it with students from sort of teenage teenage students um, up to chief executives and everybody in between. Mm. It's an easy model to administer and to interpret, um, but it's 
it's um, it's easy to read through the reports and the reports are really comprehensive. So no matter whether you want it for career direction or, or, or um, management techniques or, you know, whatever you want it for, there's something in the report that, that, that will talk to you. So um, DISC stands for Dominance, Influence, Steadiness and Compliance. So that makes up the DISC mnemonic. Um, I, I use slightly different words. I use direct, inspiring, supportive and conscientious. Okay. And, and that's because some years ago, I I had a, a team, I was training people. Well, I still do ad hoc training uh, in this particular model. Um, but I trained, I've got a, a team of about 16 people that we were helping um, in schools uh, how to recognise the behaviours that were forming with, with students and how teachers could manage them better. And we were finding that when we were giving feedback to people who were uh, dominant, uh, for example, I'm not dominant, blah, 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 and then they'd lead off uh, ex demonstrating exactly, you know, they are dominant, and, and that's, you know, they were sort of um, picking off. So we then, you know, came up with these these softer words, which still keep the disc mnemonic um, and still explain what each of the categories are. So dominance, um, influence, steadiness, and compliance are the key, the key ones that people will find. So what's your interpretation, Elaine? Direct? Inspiring supportive and conscientious i could we could have chosen any well we had a whole host of words that we could have chosen from but um we all voted and and, and then that's what we came up with so um just to take you through each of the categories very briefly because i know we've um, only got um a short while on the show um direct these are people who are direct in their manner they're forthright they communicate in plain terms, you know exactly what's happening with them because they'll tell you. Um, these are your people who you would not want to mess with when they're on a the mission. They focus, um, they're egotistical, um, they believe in it's their way or the highway, and um, they're very effective in certain situations, um, but ineffective in others. Mm. Um, also, I must stress, actually, there's no right, there's no wrong profile. All of us have DISC in us to a greater or lesser extent. Yeah. But it's the, it's the leading styles that you can see, obviously, with some people. Um, obviously, you don't need to get them to fill questionnaires in. So when you can, you can obviously see if somebody is a dominant type of person um, or if somebody is a supportive type of person. Um, the other thing is that um, when I first started on this path, um, as I say, about 20 years ago, um, I was helping in uh, schools, <coughs> helping helping um, uh, head teachers. Um, so we came up with a way that we could even help um, students who who are in primary. So you know, from the age of five, six years old, um, yeah. and we did that through pictures. So each of these DISC characteristics that I use when I do a presentation. Um, I use pictures as well. So the high D is depicted by the lion. So you can imagine, you know, the lion, the king of the jungle, that's pretty much what you get from a high D person. Okay. And when I say high D, um, when, we, when we profile people, they fill in a questionnaire and the questionnaire um, the results are fed back in terms of percentages. So if you're over 50%, we consider that you're a high characteristic in whatever it is. Mm. Um, so, so the high D is the lion. Um, the I is depicted by a dolphin, so completely different character, fun-loving, high-spirited, 
um, lots of energy uh, flitting about hither and thither. So completely different uh, characteristic, very interested in people, yeah. whereas the high is they're only interested in getting a task done um, and they're getting their ego smoothed, uh, <laughs> shall we say. Yeah. Um, the, the S's, uh, that is depicted by a little puppy dog. Remember the advert we used to have on the TV? I don't know if it still is. I don't have a TV these days um, with, a, with the um puppy dog with a toilet roll so you know sort of our blessed sort of character yeah um so the s is the the puppy dog with a supportive um uh description so very kind caring thoughtful introverted um which is opposite to the dolphin which is an extrovert and very loyal but very often uh coming across as being hesitant and sometimes negative because they don't want to make a decision in case the decision they make is the wrong one, which will upset somebody. So rather than upset somebody, they'll sit on the fence and um, become quite annoying at times. You just want to give them a good good shove to, you know, to, 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 to say something, to do something. Yeah. So yeah. As you can see, all of these characteristics have got um, uh, benefits to them, many benefits, but also um, there are limitations as well. And the final one in the disc is the C, which is... Uh, um, the the main word is compliance. I call it conscientious. So people who tend to work through a system, a process, they start at A, they go through to Z, and they follow steps in a very meticulous way. So they, these are the kind of jobs worth people, again, who are introverted and who would be very good um, if you require a process to be followed. Um, mm. They are unlikely to break the rules. They'll follow everything um, and um, they can come across as being quite negative as well and, and they're risk averse. But when they make a decision, it will be the right decision because they've analysed everything and, and um, got all their ducks in a row, so to speak. Mm. And they'll go with it. So what's the, uh, what's the animal then that uh, reflects the conscientious, Elaine? And that's the owl. The owl. So yeah. imagine the owl sits there just looking around with a 360-degree turn of the head, just yeah. looking absorbing taking everything in not really saying very much but when they do say something you you really should really listen because it's something of worth because they've analyzed and um they believe they're coming out with the with something that is helpful um the 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 d and the i are both outgoing the s and the c are both introverts and it's possible to have a mix you can have one minute you can be an extrovert part of your nature and one minute you can be uh, an introvert mm. and that is the blend and we all have a blend and the communication uh sort of between ourselves you know we have this internal chatter going on in our heads um that that can cause some difficulties um with our own self-esteem and our own self-worth and, and everything and uh, it can also be confusing from somebody from the outside if they are one minute seeing you as an extrovert, next minute seeing you as an introvert. So yeah. there's, a, there's a lot to this. Um, it's a really interesting topic and it has really far reaching uh, uh, applications to it in both your personal life, your work life, and of course health that we're gonna go on to talk about. Yeah, I tell you what What struck me, Elaine, when you was, um, when you was uh, giving us these insights was, um, some of the personalities, characters that I've known in football. And if I could, I mean, obviously I won't single names out, but, you know, the role of a football manager where he, uh, and I will say he, because obviously, you know, modern day professional football is very, very 
extremely male dominated certainly in management anyway it's almost singularly so well it is singularly so um but the fact that that ego driven that results all those kind of um extrovert those lion traits if you like um but knowing i can think straight off the top of my head of two maybe three characters that that would totally belie who they are what the outside world sees is x but what they really are is why. So that was interesting as you was unfolding that to, to think, oh yeah, okay, um, I see how that would apply to him, but actually that's more appropriate. So fascinating, fascinating, yeah. It, it is, and also um, the, what, what happens in, in real life is um, most people, well, obviously generalizing here, a lot of people um, tend to put on what we call a work mask, mm. um, which is the which is the public persona that you were alluding to. So, for example, some people will put on a uniform. Um, when they're at home, they'll behave in a certain way. They put this m uniform on. It might even be just a suit, you know, going into an office wearing a suit. Yeah. But the yeah. but the physical act of putting on this uniform with with women, some women, it's it's makeup, and they and they you know they turn themselves into you know something else by with you know this face mask they put on so whatever it you know works for you and then and obviously take 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 the learning but with the with the mask that we put on if we're behaving in a way that's really not congruent to who we are um then that's where the health issues start arising because you're not being true to yourself you're not being authentic and your body is um being completely um, uh, forced into a situation which is not um, not conducive, it doesn't serve you. So on one hand, you might be an introvert at home, and then you sort of put on this uniform, and then you you know you you turn into some um, you know dictator or whatever it is. So as I say, depending upon what your natural style and what your mask is, then you could end up um, in a real pickle. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what also uh, resonated with me there, Elaine, um, when you said about the work situation. But actually, this is a, a reflection for life in general, isn't it? Not just it work. Is it is indeed. Absolutely. So in, in the last few years, um, some people know my story that I've had four different cancers since 2009. And um, I was given a year to live in 2015. So I've um had time through my various different uh, down down periods shall we say to to look at this into more detail so so i now use my i now use my um skills and experience and knowledge um as a trained nutritionist um in recent years and psychologist to help people understand what their natural behavioral styles are and how they can understand them and use them to their benefit, rather than putting themselves in a situation where the strengths, behavioural strengths that they have are working against them. Mm. And the net result of that is they're happier, they're healthier, they're far more productive. Um, they know themselves, they understand themselves. So in terms of both mental and bodily health, they're far, far fitter. Um, they attract more like-minded people rather than um sort of gravitating towards people who uh who don't serve them and and it, it has a has a huge huge effect yeah 
because what was coming through to me, Elaine, when um, you know when you was talking about the work, and as I say, for me, it's a, a very good reflection of life um, generally. Is my own my own journey. I could relate to this very strongly because for years, because of my vulnerability, my insecurity, my limiting beliefs, all the conditioning I'd experienced uh, from a very very early age. Um, I, became, I I created a belief system, uh, an alter ego, um, and it was exactly that. It was who I actually was, was not who, or let me rephrase that, who I was portraying couldn't have been more polarised from who I actually was. And the facilitator for that was the demon drink. Now, suffice to say that had a monumental knock-on effect on my health, both uh, mm. physically and certainly mentally and emotionally. Um, so yeah, it's this is fascinating because I, for me it's so easy to see how uh, my behaviour, this alter ego, this mask as you call it that I created, and that was a protection thing um, for my own vulnerability and insecurity, as I've already said. Uh, but how that did dramatically affect my health to the point where, in the end, in terms of my mental health, I actually attempted suicide at thirteen and a half. So I think that this is fantastic. This is, these are fantastic insights. This is why I started working with students and why I chose the DISC model, Paul, because um, I could see from the, the, the big department that I was managing, a lot of the, the people there were in their mid-30s and they were having a crisis. They were having a, a career crisis. Mm. And clearly some of them were what I call square, square pegs in round holes. Yeah. And they weren't... Yeah they weren't in a, a role that suited them so therefore that was given management problems you know we were, we were having to manage some of these people um in in various different ways and i thought to myself well you know why is this keep on happening so i did quite a bit of research and i found that the reasons people gravitate towards certain roles very often has nothing to do with them mm. um it's peer pressure it's parental pressure it's finances it's a whole variety of different things and very few people follow their passion so i kind of unraveled this all and thought well i need to start working with uh, teenagers to help them understand themselves what they're capable of what they what they you know what opportunities are there for them massive opportunities um, as a result of that, I ended up um, supporting some students and um, teachers in a pupil referral unit. So I would go into the pupil referral unit, and that's where children have been slung out of school, basically. Um, and it's always, 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 every single one I profiled, they were high Ds. So what was happening in the school situation, they were fighting for yeah. whatever reason behind the scenes, as, as, as you were. Um, they were getting themselves into trouble. And of course... The teacher wins, the student loses. So the student ends up going to um, the pupil referral units where they weren't engaged uh, you know, hardly at all. Mm. So through the profiling, I was able to show the students what their natural style of behaviour is. And some of them would only deal with me. They wouldn't deal with anybody else. I was the only one that understood them. And yet all I was doing was feeding back to them the information that they'd put on the, the profile questionnaire, um, which which uh, raises a point there it's important to get proper feedback when you have a profile and um, there there's many available on the internet um, some of them are, are quite um sort of slim flam lightweight sort of things but um, mm. it's really important it's not what's in the profile it's how you use it how you contextualize it for yourself it's important so i haven't profiled you paul as you know but um 
from from speaking with you a few times and meeting uh, with you recently, um, I can tell that what was happening to you way back, um, you were vulnerable, and so your story plays out exactly to your profile. Mm. And you are you are a, you are a sensitive soul. The fact that you are helping everybody and you feel compelled to, to you know you can't help yourself you know but to help people um, that's not a high d trait high d trait is me 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 you're um on the other side of that which is you know let me help you yeah um, so we all have dis and c in us but as i said before it's, it depends on the percentage um score when you actually fill the questionnaire in so would i be a would i be a puppy dog then or would i be an owl well, we'll have to find out, won't we? I should, <laughs> I should profile you. I'll send, I'll send you the questionnaire and then we can uh, we can see. I think straight away, just from the kind of how you've explained it here, Elena, you know, I won't preempt anything, but there's one that's kind of, uh, well, yeah, there's certainly one that's jumping out slightly above another. Uh, and I can see how the other two will kind of play, dare I say, minimal support roles. Yes, yeah. It's um, it's normally two characteristics that are high on on scores and two lower. Although sometimes you might get three with one lower. It, it depends. Or some very occasionally. And um, I spent a period uh, many years ago when I was in London. I was uh, mentoring students in an East London school, um, which was in a you know dreadfully rough area. Yeah. And um, yeah. one of the guys that I profiled was a young young black kid who was most gorgeous but had no self-confidence and he was um uh you know I, I encouraged him to go to the boxing school shall we say um anyway he had work experience and mm. his profile was purely a high d there was he was a raging high d and nothing else above the 50 percent. everything was low yeah so he was he would have been well he was considered a bully when I showed him the profile report, he was horrified. And this is what happens with a lot of high D people, because you can have you can be a high D and be a soft soft as a brush as well. But mm. um, it depends on how you use those behaviours and if you understand those behaviours. So um, when I explained to him what was happening and why and all the rest of it, um, not only did I manage to get him to turn up at the work experience, managed to keep him there for the whole two weeks. He enjoyed it. He was engaged and um, his behaviour softened. He was more aware of how his behaviour um, is perceived by other people. And, um, you know, he, he turned out um, really, really, you know, a nice, a nice kid just just by, you know, doing the profiling. Um, so, again, so many different contexts that you can use this information in. The other aspect is... Um, when you understand your own behavior, um, you can then manage yourself. So Professor Daniel Goleman from Harvard University in 1994 coined the phrase emotional intelligence or emotional quotient. We have IQ and we also have EQ. Yeah. So yeah. if you understand yourself and you can, you can therefore manage yourself better and you understand the difference between you and other people, you can then manage the relationship better so that is basically eq in, in a nutshell that's emotional uh, quotient so mm. daniel goldman um, in his uh, one of his early books around 1994 95 um, he found that managers in businesses who understood this concept were 80 percent more effective 
then managers who did not understand the concept of self-awareness, self-management and relationship management. So really profound. Yeah. Um, and yet again, Elaine, putting that into a live context, um, I can absolutely 100% see how that would be the case because the more we're self-aware, the more we're self-accepting because we can't be all things to to the universe. We just can't. It's not who we are. It's not what we do. Um, and, and so I think by accepting, and this is certainly... Um, you know, from somebody that was extremely ego driven um, in a former life, needed that significance, needed certainty. I needed to control everything. And that was down to my own vulnerability and insecurity because of my upbringing. But what I now accept is I've let all that go. I don't want to do that. But I also recognize that that is a, a natural part of behavior or can be. And so it is about that self-acceptance. But, you know, this all comes down to in my ABC model of um, everything in life starts with awareness because we don't know what we don't know. So once we're aware of something, then we're on the journey of discovery. So, the, yeah, yeah, again, it makes perfect, perfect sense what you're saying. I'm going to have to break to let the dog out, uh, Paul. I'm so sorry. That's all right. And there you go, listeners. We have a very authentic uh, interview conversation here. And that's fine. So uh, while Elaine's doing that, I'll um, I think I'll elaborate um, on you know um, this fascinating focus because on previous episodes it's been well documented. Listeners uh, will know my story, which as Elaine's already alluded to, was on the surface of it very direct, very extrovert, very lion driven. Uh, do come back in, Elaine, when when you are back in the room. So. Uh, uh, so I'll know when to stop. Um, but for me, when I look at this disc profile that Elaine's um, given us and, and using her direct stroke, inspiring stroke, supporting stroke, conscientious model, I can actually see where the middle two inspiring. And these are all the people's words, not mine. So I'm not flipping back into my extrovert sort of uh, ego driven world. Um, but the inspiring dolphin as an extrovert is very, very closely hand in hand with the supporting puppy dog, which is the introvert. So those two sit in the middle and I think they're very, very strong in terms of who I've become today and what I am. It's um, going to be interesting to see your um, results, Paul. We'll have to share them when, when we get them. Yeah. So um, I don't know how much of that um, you caught, Elaine. Obviously, we're letting the, the dog out. But uh, what I was saying to, to listeners was that, um, you know, through my previous shares on on the on previous episodes, that um, obviously my direct stroke, line stroke, extrovert focus has been well documented. What I believe I am, um, and it fits perfectly, it feels absolutely natural, is the inspiring dolphin, or the people's words, um, and a kind of hybrid between that and the supporting puppy dog. They are the two very dominant. And I like the fact that there's an extrovert and an introvert contrast in that because I totally agree with that as well. And then on the outskirts and the minimalist is the kind of then the direct line extrovert. And at the other end of the scale, the conscientious owl stroke introvert. So that's how I perceive intuitively feel around what you've said as you say you know when we kind of start ticking boxes and answering questions i'm going to be really intrigued elaine to see how that 
you know whether that holds water my theory my feeling actually um, stacks up against the uh, the actual sort of uh, words on paper so to speak Right, we shall we shall make that happen then. <laughs> okay, so by way of uh, bringing things to, we've just got a couple of minutes now, Elaine. By way of um, uh, bringing things to a close, is there anything that you'd like to add? And I think more importantly, as well, or equally importantly, should I say, is the fact that how can people get hold of you? That that that's critical when all said and done. Uh, my website is www.perfect-health.co.uk and just google me google elaine godley you'll come up with all sorts of stuff um on facebook elaine godley and i run a health group which everybody's welcome to join um we've got have already got over three thousand people in there it's perfect health with elaine godley uh, which is on on uh, facebook and um, we haven't even touched about the individual um aspects of what types of uh, health challenges that each of the styles would would have so just very very briefly just do those Paul if I may yeah of course so the extroverts will tend to get burnout the introverts will tend to get uh, internal issues so gut problems mental problems um, sort of overthinking things um, that's 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 it in summary there's, there's loads I could talk for days on it but we haven't got time but generally extrovert is overdoing it burnout um, taking things to excess uh, and the introvert part is um, internalizing, holding on to things, uh, not letting go. I get it. And uh, yeah, so yeah. so you can you can imagine there's a whole raft of illnesses that that can and health challenges come under those categories. Absolutely, yes. Okay, that's superb, Elaine. Thank you very much indeed for that. That's been very. I mean, I've certainly got loads out of that. As I say, I can I can resonate very very strongly with that. So thank you for that. Most welcome. Right, so there you have it, listeners. I hope you've um, you've got as much out of it as I have. Um, that was fascinating. So until next time, remember, keep mastering life. Thanks for listening to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. Drop a line to paul at paullowhart.com with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at paullowhart.com or any of his social media feeds under the same name. Remember, mastering life starts by embracing our hearts.